1: Looking for a way to make some quick cash? Well, making money with DoorDash is super easy, guys. I love riding my bike around the city, and now I get to do that while getting paid. With DoorDash, I get to pick my own hours and be my own boss. I get paid on my deliveries and keep 100% of my tips. Not to mention the sign-up process was so quick and easy. Guys, I'm telling you, just download the DoorDash driver app and see how easy it is to start earning cash today.
2: The Exxon Radio Show is heard on radio broadcast affiliates worldwide, including... AM 580 CFRA in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. WPUL AM 1590 in Daytona Beach, Florida. KUHI AM 1610 in St. Helens, Oregon. KHRO AM 1150 in El Paso, Texas. And for more information on becoming a professional broadcast affiliate of the Exxon Radio Show, visit Star Stream Cable and on TV.com and Exonetv.com. If you'd like to give us a call toll free worldwide, 1 800 610 7035. Email Exon at Exoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, TV at Hotmail.com. And our website, www.exoneradiotv.com. My first guest tonight, Exonation, Nation, is Mary Lou trask Curtin, and uh, she is a published author. She has a brand new memoir out entitled, In My Grandfather's House, A Catskill Journey. It chronicles her life growing up in, uh, let me see, Oneida, New York. Her husband and her, uh, her friend Mary Lou still reside in the house that her grandfather built in 1923. The book is available on Amazon.com, and... Um, She is also a playwright and screenwriter. Two of her screenplays have been placed highly in contest. One of these, A Tale of Angelic Intervention, Lisa's Angels, was a finalist in the Screenplay Festival competition. And she is presently working on a biography which, with input from Emmy and Tony Award-winning actor Hal Holbrook, as well as several uh, paranormal fiction and nonfiction books. And Mary Lou, welcome to the X-Zone.
1: Thank you. It's wonderful to be here.
2: Tell me, where did your uh, where did your love for the paranormal come from?
1: Well, it uh, came from my grandfather originally, the old Irishman who was a grave digger in Ireland, mm-hmm. and uh, used to regale me with tales of uh, digging up the bodies to replace them with other ones and seeing ghosts in the swamps on the way home at night.
2: Hmm. So I guess that mm-hmm. was the groundwork for the work that you do now. Yes, it is. All right, you and I have to take a two minute commercial break. Please stand by. Our exonation, our guest this hour, is Mary Lou Trusk Curtin. And we're going to be talking to her about communication with the other side, angelic intervention, and much more. Her latest book, In My Grandfather's House, A Catskill Journey, is available on Amazon.com and from her publisher, ProStar Publications. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide, toll-free. Email exxon at com On MSN Messenger, xoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our main website, www.exxonradiotv.com. And if you'd like to listen to the Exxon Radio Show 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days of the year, then, boy, do I have a treat for you. Just go to www.exxonradiotv.com. XZONETV.com. That's www.xzonetv.com. And if you'd like to get a complimentary copy of the July 2010 X Chronicles newspaper, send an email to xzone at X-Zone TV.com, and I will be more than happy to send you the link to the newspaper with the compliments of our many fine advertisers. I'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The moon. Your happiest spring starts at Lowe's because Spring Fest is on now. Find everything you need this season at a great low price, like the Craftsman 20-volt string trimmer for just $99. And grab select miracle Grow Brilliant Blooms 25-ounce annuals, two for $10. Come into Lowe's today for the fun and savings of Spring Fest. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. miracle Grow offer in-store only. Plant size and selection varies by location. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Selection varies by location, while supplies last. About 428 through 5-4. There ain't no good. Bye. Mary Lou Trusk is my, Trusk Curtain is our guest this hour. Mary Lou is the author of In My Grandfather's House, a cat's gold journal. And um, what happened to cause you to be able to communicate with the other side?
1: Well, about uh, the age of almost four, I like mm-hmm. to say I contracted pneumonia and was taken to a local hospital and I was put into a bed with an oxygen tent and then the magic started to happen.
2: What kind of magic?
1: Well, just before I lapsed into unconsciousness, mm-hmm. um, I remember seeing a golden sort of a glowing light that hovered just outside the plastic tent. And the light, I remember the light didn't hurt my eyes, and it just emitted total loving feelings to me, and I knew it was there to protect me. Um, the being in the light spoke always in my mind. You never needed words to speak with. Um, And that stayed, and then later, a little girl that I remember was dressed in an outfit that was from another time and place. She had long, uh, blonde hair, done in curls, and she had really pretty blue eyes. And she told me in my mind that her name was Emmy, and she really wanted me to take her hand and come play with her, um, where she showed me these children playing, and they were playing tag in this beautiful meadow. I remember watching them, but I refused to take her hand because something told me that if I did, I wouldn't be alive anymore. Um, The angel being, which I knew uh, from my religious upbringing at the time, uh, stayed with me until I just woke up one day. And when the nurse came to check on me, I watched this light drift up into the corner of the hallway where my bed was. And it whispered in my mind, You'll be all right now. And then it vanished.
2: The light, was it an angel?
1: Yes, I know, yes, because I was I was raised um, a Catholic, mm-hmm. and um, angels were very prominent in our, you know, religion uh, when I was growing up. And I always knew that angels were beings of light, but even as young as four, I knew that this was a protection, that it was there to watch over me.
2: Could you tell us about any other communication that you've had over the years with the other side?
1: well i've had a lot of communication with the other side i remember a few months after i was back home from the hospital Mm -hmm. my grandparents took me to my first funeral um the woman who had passed away had been a friend of my grandparents i didn't remember her but during the funeral mass i remember looking up and seeing this really nice old lady uh, standing by this big box that was near the front of the church Um, And, of course, that was the casket, but I did not know that at the time. Uh, The woman waved at me, and I just waved back to her very carefully. I remember I was able to see right through her to the altar, and uh, I also remember she had on a blue dress. She started crying and reached out toward the people sitting in the front pews, but uh, they didn't see her at all. Um, And that made me very sad that nobody was responding to this lady. I must have been a very, you know, I was a very loving child, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't understand why somebody wasn't responding to somebody crying. Well, I looked up um, from my little prayer book I had, and she had vanished. And then later, they wheeled the casket to the back of the church, and Grandpa picked me up and um, told me to... You know, he, I held on. I remember holding on the side of the casket looking down at this lady, and I was amazed that it was the very same lady that had been waving to me a few minutes ago. He told me to give her a kiss because she'd been such a good, kind friend to him and my grandmother. And I leaned down, and the first thing that I remember feeling was nothing. Um, there was a feeling that there was an emptiness there. Uh, I kissed her face, and I remember it being very cold and very hard, Mm -hmm. and I knew that she was dead, because, of course, my grandfather regaling me with tales of, uh, you know, Irish tales of death and spirits, um, you know, I'd grown up with that, but later, um... I just pondered on that for a while. Of course, I didn't tell anybody. None of these experiences did I share with my grandparents or with anybody because you're living in an age then when um, those things really weren't discussed. I mean, Grandpa would have understood to some extent, but I still kept it secret. Um, Later on, it was as though this whole experience in the hospital had opened a portal in my soul um, for this communication And we used to visit the cemetery down the road where my grandparents' children were buried and we'd take flowers and so forth. And I had my next encounter on Memorial Day of that year with the ghost of a little girl uh, who was standing by her tombstone and talked to me in her mind about her death, which I later found out she had drowned in the river um, near my home here. And then no more than another few months passed, and I had we had an upstairs in the house that I was not allowed to go into. But one day, I sort of snuck upstairs, and there was a little boy up there. Um, I could, again, see through this little boy, and uh, he told me his name was Edward and that he used to live here. And, of course, I then knew who he was because my grandparents had told me about their son, um edward jr who had been hit by a car in front of the house here in 1935 and died of his injuries um edward and i um played i remember he always liked to play word association games he would make a sound like a cat and say tell me what that is and i would say cat but all this happened upstairs and in my mind and to my way of thinking strangely enough there was nothing odd or unusual to me to be talking mind talking with this little boy there was you know there was nothing scary there were mm-hmm. no cold spots there was nothing there was just a warming loving presence no nothing no this health. this
2: edward is actually your your uncle right
1: right well my grandparents um he would yes he would have been my uncle i was my mother was adopted by my grandparents mm-hmm. and i grew up in the house with them after uh she went away to nursing school but he would have been my uncle yes. yeah
2: so, how long did you have this secret uh, rendezvous with your uncle?
1: Well, it took about it was i would say about when I was six and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, he came one day and uh actually showed me a little we had a, there was a little door in the closet a little wall upstairs and there was a little closet that ran along the length of the back of the house, just a crawl space. And he told me to go to this little door and reach in, and I'd find something there that had belonged to him. Well, I did, as he said. I opened this little door, and the wallpaper crinkled and rattled, and I reached in, and I found this um, metal uh, airplane. Um, it was, you know, a biplane. Mm-hmm. And um, I took it out, and he said, you, you play with that. I have to go now. I can't come here anymore. And uh, he cautioned me at that time, do not tell um, my mother, you know, grandmother about my visits because it will make her just terribly sad. And, uh, he just, he was just gone. That was, you know, that was the end of Edward. He wasn't upstairs anymore. And, and so forth. Um, I remember coming downstairs with the airplane and trying to hide it, but my grandmother saw it and asked me, where did you get that? And I said, I just found it upstairs, grandma. And I ran out the door to the swing that was on the tree and I looked up into the upstairs window and I saw I saw Junior looking down at me and smiling and you know, because I was playing with the airplane then and that was that was the end of Junior at that point.
2: What other encounters have you had? It seems as if you, you, you were a very gifted lady.
1: Well, thank you. I I didn't think so, you know, when I was young because it mm-hmm. seemed to set me apart a little bit from others and of course once again you couldn't share this with right. anybody. Um, so it was all secretive. Um, other interventions, of course, I you know, I'd really get into are the angelic ones, which um, were incredible, um, absolutely incredible. Of course, the first visitation uh, I already mentioned. Yes, in the hospital. Yeah. Right. The next happened when I was 16 years old, and I was in, in my bedroom, which was also my grandparent, grandparents' bedroom, um, because they kept me close to them. I suffered from asthma from the right about the age of five onward to uh, 16. And I remember this one night when I was 16, I was in my bed, and I hadn't slept in two days. I'd been struggling for breath oh, for two whole days, and I was exhausted. And it was the evening time, and I could hear Grandma and Grandpa out in the kitchen having their nightly cup of tea and talking, and um, thankfully, Grandpa had fixed a uh, back of, on the bed that slanted so I could sleep sitting up. Um, you know, there's no laying down when you have asthma because uh, there just wasn't. And this was in the days before the major inhalers and all the things right, they have yeah. now. You know, so it was really, really bad. Um, I did recall leaning back and trying to get some sleep. And then all of a sudden, the room the bedroom filled up with the golden glow again and next to my bed this time i saw the being was a tall slim man and he had on a white robe and i remember around his waist was a brown rope knotted belt that just hung down out of sight toward the floor had beautiful wavy brown hair and the kindest gentlest blue green eyes that i'd ever seen I remember he leaned down and placed his hand on my forehead, and I could feel his touch. It was warm and very loving once again, and then I almost felt like I was glowing, and he whispered in my mind, remember me, dear one, and I nodded, and he said, close your eyes and go to sleep. You are healed, and I just went to sleep. I did what he said, and then I woke up the next morning. And I remembered from being four that that was no dream um, that I'd had. And I remember getting up out of bed and suddenly realizing that I was able to breathe normally. Um, I wasn't gasping for breath anymore, Mm -hmm. and I felt healthier than I had in a long time. Um, I remember a week or so later, I threw out every bit of my asthma medicine, some disgusting red medicine (laughs) that the doctor gave me (laughs) I mean, I tried not to take, but it you know, it made me so I was able to breathe with it all, sure. so it made you sick. Um, I'd never told anybody, again, about that visitation or any of the other experiences, and I was taken to the doctor, and uh, the doctor said that I was a miracle, that nobody was healed from
2: asthma. Mary Lou, stand by, my dear. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation. Okay. Mary Lou trask Curtin is our special guest. She's the author of In My Grandfather's House, Catskill Journal. It's available at Amazon.com. What a great story. We'll be back on the other side of this news break. Don't go away. dot exxon radio tv dot com
0: I believe it's meant to
2: Welcome back, everyone. Wow, our guest this hour has uh, got me in goosebumps over here. Mary Lou Trask-Curtin <laughs> is our very special guest. She is the author of In My Grandfather's House, a Catskill journal. It's available at Amazon.com or from her publisher, ProStar Publications. I've got to tell you something, um, Mary Lou. When I was a young boy growing up in Montreal, I've got a younger brother who, God bless him, uh, if anything could go wrong with a young child, it went through my brother. There was one time uh, way back when. This is going back to the early fifties, as you may recall. Baby food was in cans, and mm-hmm. uh, at the time they didn't have the protective insulation and coatings that they have on cans today. And my brother uh, was the was the recipient of a very, very bad case of thalidomide poisoning. In fact, it, it's a wonder that he lived and. And the story that goes along with it was my mother and father rushed my younger brother to the hospital. And, and all my aunts and uncles congregated at my grandmother's home. And I, I know now that they were expecting the worst. But I'll, I'll never forget this as long as I live. And I've told the story before where they were in the kitchen talking. And then I, 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 I saw this, this man in the kitchen. And he was not unlike the man that touched you. In fact, very similar. All he did was he looked at me from around across the room and and smiled at me. And I knew instinctively everything was going to be all right. My grandmother looked at me and she said, What are you you doing? And I said, I'm smiling at the man over there. And she looked and apparently there was nothing where I was looking at and smiling. (laughs) And when I looked back, the gentleman had gone. But at that very moment, the phone rang. And it was my mom and dad from the hospital saying my brother was going to be alright. Wow. Then there was another time, once again, my brother, God bless him, being oh he there was so much wrong with him. I, I just thank the good Lord that he's all right today. Mm-hmm. He um I, I woke up, it was early morning, and I saw what I can only describe as you may find this a little strange, but my interpretation of the virgin mary oh over bending over him praying mm. now we weren't catholic <laughs> i i told my i told my grandmother this who was a very knowledgeable person and she said that was his guardian angel watching over him
1: but you were you told, though, see? Yeah. I kept all... <laughs> I, told, I didn't dare tell anybody. But that's an amazing story. Now I've got goosebumps.
2: You know, so I when it comes to these stories that that I've had the honor of, of people sharing with, me, sharing with me over the last 20 years doing this show, I, I have a hard time when I'm out and I'm doing lectures or meeting meet and greets and people say, Oh, come on. How, how can this be real? Mm-hmm. I, unless you have the experience, unless you want to have the experience, unless you open your heart to the possibilities that are endless in this existence of ours, mm-hmm. you won't know for sure, but just open up your heart. Believe the impossible can happen, because it does. Yes, it
0: does.
2: How did you, how, 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 how did, when did you first open up and, and share these wonderful experiences with other people?
1: Well, it wasn't until, oh, gee, I think recently, actually, because, um, you, you know, you now have such a proliferation of shows on television, mm-hmm. um, you know. You know, we have ghost hunters and we have people doing all sorts of things. And yeah. I, I think it was really just a couple years ago um, that I dared to talk to people you know, that I know about yes. this. And I had, I mean, a lot of them do that thing. They look at you like, uh, what, <laughs> you know, you're insane, you're crazy. And they go hiding back and, you know, they, they live in, in little boxes yeah. and they don't come out of those boxes.
2: How do you feel about sharing your stories with people who are willing to listen and who are willing to believe?
1: Oh, I, now I'm, I love it. That's why I love being able to be on a show like this. Um, you know, it's a, just a soul-freeing experience, and, I, and I'm hoping that what it does is helps other people. You know, like you said, that you're not alone.
0: Yeah.
1: And that there is much, much, so much more to this existence than we see with our, you know, few senses that mm-hmm. we have. It, you know, there is something beyond the normal, you know, paranormal. There is something more. And I'm living proof of it, and, you know, you are, and millions of others, that's right. too.
2: We are no longer the silent majority.
1: No, and that's good. It's, it's great. a wonderful thing. It is great.
2: Let me ask you something. Do you believe in reincarnation?
1: Oh, yes, I, uh, I do, and that's something that didn't come to me until, uh, I you know, I, I say life falls into certain areas where, you know, you meet the people that mm-hmm. you need to meet, to have the experiences that you are going to have. And I came upon um, reincarnation back in the early 80s. Um, I met a, a woman at my work, actually, who looked at me and started talking about being an old soul and and so forth and so on. And then after that, I started to have the most vivid dreams, um, dreams of places with beautiful gardens and um mm-hmm. Pyramids and loving people, and um, I mean, it was a beauty. I don't. I did not know the name of this place, but anyways, um, at the time, simultaneously, I had decided that um, I had needed to go to a counselor at one point because I was having some issues with my mother and things of that nature that I needed to iron out. So I went to a local establishment. And I went into this room and talked to this man, and and I don't know how we did, but somehow the conversation segued away from whatever I needed the counseling for. That became secondary. The thing that we started talking about was, um, you know, his ghostly experiences he'd had and, and so forth. And I was totally amazed at that. And then he said, I would like you to come to my office because, and I'll never forget his words to me, no one comes to me by mistake, Mary Lou and i didn't quite know what that meant until i got to his office and i sat down on the couch and he said i want to talk to you about your way back past and i didn't understand again what he was talking about he said reincarnation mary lou past lives We can't all get it right in one lifetime. There is no way we can do it. Now, of course, in my mind, being the fine, upstanding Catholic Mm -hmm. girl, uh, we weren't taught to believe in this stuff. Right. Um, You know, this this was way outside the realm of anything I had ever dealt with. And he said, listen, I know that you're an old soul. Now, that's the second time I've heard that in about a month's time. And he said, and I would dearly love to do a regression session with you um i instantly trusted this man um but yet i needed to know if he had the credentials to do this and i checked that out and yes he had you know all these things on his wall he was a certified hypnotherapist he was a social worker and and all this kind of thing so um i said i would give it a try but if i didn't like it you know please could we stop okay fine um he lit a white candle on the table. Um, and he got out a tape recorder. He said, I'm going to record some of this, if you don't mind, sure. And then he said, you know, you can close your eyes, keep them open, but relax, and um, you're going to hear the sound of my voice only and hold on to my voice because it's your link and everything to this side of the realm where you're going. So he started counting backwards from 10, and I... I can't really describe this. Once again, this is like what you said before. If Unless you've gone through this yep. past life regression, you don't understand what the feelings are. But the best way that I can explain it, it's like the feeling of being asleep and dreaming, but you're awake and experiencing. It's like having your feet in two different worlds. Um, the scenes in front of me, I saw, I felt myself in the scenes, I, every nuance, I could smell the smells, feel the sun on me, um, all those kind of things, and uh, we, we went through a great many things. You know, there were a mil- many other sessions after this. I was totally amazed. At one point, I spoke in a language. Um, I believe he said it must have been Old Welsh. I have no idea how to speak Old Welsh. Uh, you know the old language in this lifetime but yet there was my voice on the recorder speaking in this language as a young girl growing up in um, 13th century wales Um, and i didn't understand what i was saying but i knew in my head that i was talking about that um, basically what it was was an illegitimate pregnancy that i had gotten involved in and i died in childbirth in that lifetime um, alone Um, in a castle, Um, and then years later found out which castle it was, which was another amazing experience. But this man led me through all of these lifetimes, which turned out to be 12. And um, I, I tell you, one portal after another, from the time I was four until the present, just seemed to open up and open up. And these are things that I was totally skeptical of, never heard of, never believed in, until I experienced it.
2: How does it feel knowing that you've lived before and in all likelihood you will live again?
1: Well, I think, I think it makes me realize, like I said, that um, I, I, for some reason I didn't get everything right the last time so, you know, or these other times and sure. with these people that I needed to interact with. But it makes you feel connected um more connected than if I didn't believe I guess um, it's just I don't know it's hard it's hard for me to imagine at some point all right if you're if there is reincarnation which you know a lot of people are extremely skeptical of but for myself believing it then I have to believe that somewhere in Wales or somewhere in you know any other country or place uh, there's probably a, a cemetery plot with <laughs> my body in it from another lifetime I mean that was the most eerie thing. But yet to feel a connection and to know that you come back each time to learn lessons and to re meet the people that you've had problems with, meet re meet the people that you've loved, um, and everything. It's just a beautiful continuity. And I'm at peace with that.
2: Do you fear dying?
1: No, you don't feel no. with the experiences I've had mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the messages I've always wanted to get out, and one of the things that happened in another near-death experience I had, but um, the, when you come back from, like, the pneumonia thing, or well, I had a near-death experience in a car accident and my angel came back again, you realize that death is just a transition. Birth was a transition yeah. to get to the earthly plane. Um, death is just another transition. So no, you don't, you have no fear.
2: I often use the example of death being a metamorphosis like the caterpillar entering the cocoon. Mm -hmm. And we come out as a whole spirit.
1: Right, and that whole spirit comes from the experiences and the hardships and the joys and and the love and everything else that we accumulate um, through every lifetime. At least, you know, that's what I feel for myself. Um, and when you are totally done with your lessons, um, you get to go to that beautiful place, um, which, um, as I said, there was that other near-death experience I keep going back to in the car accident Mm -hmm. where I went to heaven and was taken by my angel to heaven and came back with knowledge and understanding that our, everything is there. The most beautiful thing of all of it, Rob, is that love never dies. The love that you experienced in any lifetime or this one, or anything, mm-hmm. never dies. Even your pets. When I went on the other side after that and my brief journey there, all my pets were there, too, which was amazing. So,
2: Tell me, did you want to come they, back? No, no,
1: I did not want to come no. back from that. I, um, I really uh, quickly, uh, my angel took me to the other side, flew through this thing into this beautiful, once again, a meadow. So... I'm assuming a meadow means something to me, a sunlit summer meadow. But all my friends, my family, my grandparents, my pets, um, they everybody, mind communicates. There is, there is no talking, as I said. And my angel said, when I said I want to stay, I wanted to go hug my grandmother mm-hmm. and my grandfather and my oh, cats gosh. and my dogs. And the angel stopped me and put his hand on my shoulder, and my mind said, no, you can't touch them and they can't touch you. You have you have to leave. You have a lot of other things to do. You have to teach. You have to let people know about this place. And, um, I mean, I was crying. I mean, I was sobbing because, I mean, my grandparents were there in the meadow, oh, okay. seated in chairs, and I couldn't get to them. It was like a wall. But around that meadow was a gold, that golden light, and that light was full of... Of unconditional love and peace and beauty. And all these people that had passed, some of them had been older, they Mm -hmm. looked, I would say their ages were no more than 35 or 40.
2: Mary Lou, stand by, my dear. You and I have to take our final break. Exo Nation, Mary Lou Trask-Curtain is our special guest. Her book is entitled, In My Grandfather's House, A Catskill Journal. It's available on Amazon.com and from her publisher, ProStar Publications. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
0: I saw your face in a crowded place And I don't know what to do You're beautiful You're beautiful But I can't escape the truth
2: Exo Nation, Mary Lou Curtin is our special guest this hour. Her um, website... Well, she doesn't have one right now, but her book, In My Grandfather's House, A Catskill Journal, is available on Amazon.com. And from her publisher, ProStar Publications, once again, Mary Lou's book is entitled, In My Grandfather's House, A Catskill Journey. uh, Catskill Journal, I'm sorry. What would you like to share with the listeners?
1: Well, one of the things I would love to share is the message that I would love to get out here. I would love everybody to be thankful for the miracle that they are and be truly uh, loving and uh, live their dreams never give up your dreams keep your hope alive talk to angels and and very strangely enough accept the good and the bad things that come into your life because they're all there for a reason Mm -hmm. and um, understand mostly mostly understand that death is not to be feared Um, it is simply a transition like your birth was To the earth plane and most of all believe deeply in love because it is truly eternal
2: why do you think we fear death so much
1: i think we fear the attachments that we formed on earth and um and we don't want to leave those doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what it is a home a job family friends um those things are familiar death is is unfamiliar to many And there are many souls that are back for the first, you know, they're here for the first time. They're not back, they're Mm -hmm. new souls. Um, But I think it's the attachments that we fear losing. Not realizing, of course, that the attachments are still always there, um, and that we can visit the earth plane, but, uh, you know, and if you believe in reincarnation as I do, you will be back, you know, again. You may not remember some of it, and things may take a while, but you will You'll be back and you'll go through this again. But death is not to be feared. It is peace. It is peaceful. And it is a beautiful place. You know, the other side is a beautiful place.
2: We've got about uh, 40 seconds left. Have you been able to communicate with your grandfather and grandmother on the other side?
1: Yes, I have. My grandfather came uh, to me about a year after he passed and uh, came into the house where I was sitting and just put his hand on my shoulder, I smelled, he came with the smell of cigarette smoke and new mown grass, and I knew it was him, and he was just very loving and reassuring to me, and my grandmother the same way. Her presence smells of apple pie mm-hmm. and, and all the things that she used to bake, um, and they both are very loving presences in my life still to this day.
2: I want to thank you ever so much for joining us, Mary Lou. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. Thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for sharing your life. And uh, take care of yourself, and I wish you the very best of success with your book. In My Grandfather's House, Catskill Journal. Thank you, Rob. You take care of yourself. Now, Exxonation, I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the hour as the Exxon continues from our studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away.
0: Over oh, that I'm sure she smiled at me on a subway. She was with another man. But I won't lose no sleep her. On...